Broadcasting worldwide from an undisclosed location high up on the Rocky Mountains, here are your hosts, Chris and Cherie Gio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is our number two right here on the Chris Gio Show. It is March 29th, 2014. Our next guest for the second and third hour of the broadcast is somebody that we've wanted to have on for quite a bit of time, but we haven't been able to connect with him. Luckily, we do have him on with us this evening, and there's so many different topics that we can get into. Cuttingthroughthematrix.com is the website. Our guest, Alan Watt, um, we've talked about his work many times on the show, so I don't think this man needs any introduction on this show. Alan, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, thanks. Yeah. Ah, great. Great to have you, definitely. Um, before we get into it, tell us what's going on at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and any new work or uh, anything that's recently been released. Yeah, well, I've had um, I've been uh, had a break from uh, the, the regular work, which is just doing what I do uh, this, this winter, which is just as well because it's the worst winter I've seen since I've been here in Canada. And... Um, I've been working on other books as well in, in the meantime. There's another three or four to get launched very shortly, in fact, uh, going into things a bit deeper, in a sense, to explain that the system that we live in and the systems we've always lived under, the techniques which are used, and the psychology behind it, which is well understood by those in control. Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we dedicate this entire show to. Uh, let me ask you this. Speaking of show, um, any plans to return to radio? Have you done that already, or what's going on with well, that? Well, right now I'm, I'm taking uh, guest spots. I have offers to go on full-time and so on. But uh, until I'm finished with all these books, I want to make sure I do the proper work for them rather than just rush them out there. And... Um, and also, too, to see before what I did on, uh, say, RBN, for instance, for years, was to take the regular news that's out there published and to connect the dots to show you that nothing is by itself. Everything is coordinated towards a global plan, of course. And to go into the history of it, uh, the groups behind it, which formed this global system, gave you a culture, in fact, even gave you your present hobbies, by the way. And uh, if things that you're even interested in today, they give it all to you and they promote it from the top. Uh, we're brought into it, we're primed for it at, at school, of course. We're primed for all these things to come uh, at school uh, through many different techniques. They're, they're in, the ideas are implanted in our minds. But the thing is, most folk learn as they grow, grow older through osmosis. They're primed at school for things to come. It's a perfect system that was perfected back in the 1930s, in fact. And uh, it's a form of social engineering or social indoctrination with imprinting in, in the minds, but as you grow older, you're, you don't realize why you suddenly adapt to things or attitudes or opinions uh, and accept them so quietly and easily. It's because we learn again when we're older by osmosis, our priming takes over, and the prompts all come our way to prompt us along the right directions for our masters, of course, and uh, to create the perfect society which makes us very docile and compliable, uh, compliant to them, of course. So, so I've, I've, I always did that over the years to show people how it really, really works. But now it's time, it's time to go into it even deeper because people have to stop and look at themselves, really stop and look at themselves for the first time perhaps, and stop just reacting to news. You're meant to react to the news. That's why it's out there. 
if they didn't want you to react to, to different stories, it wouldn't be up there. As simple as that. Well, Alan, you know, the big mystery that everybody's been looking at right now, of course, is this Malaysian airliner. And I was wondering if, if you've had a chance to look into it and how does that connect to the global situation? It's a complete distraction. That's what it is. It's a complete non-event. Actually, it's a study on all of you. It's a study on all of you to see how you react to it. You can put a meme out there. And people don't understand today, uh, every university in the planet has grants from the same foundations to do studies continuously on us. They get all our data, by the way, sent to certain labs, of course, and some of these universities uh, on your emails and everything, too, to analyze you for your groups and your friends and all that kind of thing, what, to your personality profiles, your clusters, as they call them. Uh, but they also put out the memes, and the meme, of course, is, is meant for you to pick up on and be distracted by, but they want to see so any, any, any topic at all can be given to you, and they want to study how they, they can promote either an event or a non-event, or even a fiction, uh, to the public, play it up just like they did Y2K, and have everyone's focus, attention focused on that, while the big, big things aren't even discussed at all. Uh, all the latest uh, signatories into the, into the Trans-Pacific Partnership, for instance, or the different techniques are using uh, the past in the schooling system for a global schooling society, which is already there under different uh, names. Uh, they're all being signed right now, but everyone's been focused off into basically a non-event. You know. These are experiments uh, ongoing. It's incredible. And um, whenever you see uh, something which should be a non-event being played up to high heaven, it's for a big experiment on all of you as a distraction, and to see how easily it, it works on you. They've got instant feedback on how many folk are looking into all of this kind of thing, you see. So would you say this is not only a distraction, but maybe also a cover to cover up some other events that are not being reported upon? Every distraction is. Every distraction is. I mean, for instance, right now, the banks are all prepared to do the bank bail-ins in probably about eight months' time. You know that. They've all signed on to the Bank for International Settlements and uh, all the U.S. banks, all the Canadian banks, British banks, French banks, and so on, have all signed in to do the bail the Cyprus-style bail-ins where they can grab your accounts. Thousands of documents were signed by your prime ministers and presidents, and um, they haven't bothered to let the public know anything about it. It's available there if you, if you dig into it. There's thousands of pages to go through. And, and the wording is so incredibly... Legalese, of course, legalese, legalese is simply another language to confuse the public. But uh, you, you find out that it doesn't stop at $100,000 in the bank. They can, they can start quacking way down below that, too, and your pensions, uh, things like that. You know. Of course. Never mind the big, massive deals that are being made right now with all the world's energy resources ending up in a few hands apart from the water and so on, but uh, all the North American fracking has been consolidated into one big company, uh, along with the Canadian companies too. Uh, Canada has been doing test drilling across Canada. Uh, BC's got quite a few fracking things on the go. Ontario is not supposed to have any, but we found out recently, that just uh, recently in fact, that they've been doing test drills in Manitoulin Island and different places in Ontario. So um, it's, it's, it, what you're living under now is a consolidation of what appeared to be different companies. We've always got the appearance of competition, 
but um, we've seen a consolidation of the real power that owns these companies. They're all really one big company for power, uh, for, for a world energy power corporation. You have a world water co- uh, corporation eventually, etc., uh, etc. Et that's what's happening right now. But meanwhile, we're all distracted in a plane that's going to have no consequences to any of us down the road. Alan, let me ask you about the fracking, though, because it's something that's very detrimental for not only people's health, but the environment as well. The way that they were drilling down to get that oil from the um, the, the Gulf, uh, I mean, you know, it looks like they're counting down to something. And as we were coming into 2012, we could have looked at 2012 and said, well, maybe they know something that we don't. And then there's been so many other asteroids and meteors and all kinds of things that have come and gone. And, of course, they've all been non-events. But it still seems like they are counting down towards some kind of event. And it doesn't matter what happens to the Earth. They need to get those resources. Or is this just a matter of just uber greed? No, it's not just greed. It's an old, old system. And uh, I've gone into the history of one of... Uh, this, this organization's had many names down through the centuries. But today we know it as the Royal Institute for International Affairs in most countries. You know what? I'm sorry. We've got a break creeping up. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. We will get Alan Watts' take on the other side right here on The Chris Geo Show. All right, we are back speaking with Alan Watts. Before the break, we were discussing about this. We were discussing this countdown that seems to be taking place, and how the powers that be are moving towards some kind of date or event or something. I mean, they're building bunkers, they're grabbing resources, they're consolidating everything, and yeah, they're working they- so quickly that they're killing the Earth while they're doing it. Yeah, and they're killing us, too. They're killing the population of the planet. Well, that's mass. part of the plan, though. That's part of the plan. But killing the planet itself, that's not, that's like, hey, wait a minute, the fish should not mess with the fishbowl. But there at least used to be some kind of semblance of competition and, and oh, we're going to try to save the planet. We're going to try to do this and that. Now it's like no holds barred. They've completely dropped the facade of any kind of, of, of competition with these companies and consolidated everything. So what are they up to, Alan? Well, what you're at now is simply a part of the plan. Uh, they plan out in stages for everything. And uh, the stages, if you look at the United Nations, for instance, they, they have certain plans that are meant to be fulfilled in five years. Other ones are 10 years, some are 50, some are 100 years, some are 150 years. The Soviet system was exactly the same. And uh, uh, there's no wonder because, again, they were both created by the one organization that still runs the world today. So... We're, we're living through a big business plan. That's all it is, is a big business plan uh, with eugenics involved, with the super wealthy elites involved, with an academic uh, scientific class, which is very important to them at the top. And this was explained by uh, Julian Huxley, by the way, uh, Aldo Huxley's brother. Uh, he talked at the United School, of course, and gave a great speech about it. And he was all for getting rid of, uh, like the Russells, useless eaters, uh, the bulk of the population, which would be obsolete in the Darwinian point of view, um, of survival, not of the fittest, but of the most necessary. They, they believe that superfluous populations are irrelevant to, to today's society. We're post-industrial, technically. Uh, we're, we're going into a post-consumer society through austerity. That's planned, too. 
And so they don't want a big population uh, just loafing around, uh, etc. And so they simply will let them die off and go sterile and, and die of diseases, which is happening, of course, has been for the last 50 years. So you're living through a big business plan. And as I said, Julian Huxley pointed out, he, he himself, by the way, said that he wasn't a, a part of, of the, the different categories which they, how they define their own outfit that runs the world. He's, he wasn't one of the, the, the ultra-wealthy elite, super-wealthy, who've proven their ability through super-breeding and select very special breeding, uh, picking their partners properly, as they say, not for emotion or just basic lust even, but to make their sure their progeny carries on and almost produce clones of themselves by intermarriage. Uh, to carry on the family businesses like the Rockefellers and Rothschilds and other groups as well, and Wedgwoods, etc. So, you, so uh, he, he himself said, I belong to the, to the next class, which is the scientific elite. We help run this whole system on behalf of the ones above them. And uh, so there, there are different ones in different categories, all working for the same system. We're technological now in, in electronics, and of course that's the big thing for the future. Uh, they were post-industrial China as industrial uh, manufacturer for the planet. It was set up to be so. In their own writings in the 1930s, they said they would set up China to be the sole manufacturer for the planet. And that came out of the meetings of the Council on Foreign Relations, uh, sponsored by Rockefeller Foundation. Uh, and it was held in Melbourne, Australia that year in 1937. So you're living through a business plan, you're living through a script, uh, even even the particular culture you have today, with its changes going on today, were designed by guys who are now long dead. They designed it way back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. So they plan the future, including the kind of societies they want, um, and where society will be, uh, what they'll be doing, while they'll be playing themselves, being entertained, and so on, as they, as they bring all these changes through. So I don't get upset by it. Uh, I don't see them coming off as some final push right now. Uh, the final push has already been described to take another 50 years before most of us have died off. Um, in the West, most folk uh, are going sterile. Not by chance, of course. And uh, that's, that's the plan. And also they're, they're dying off all kinds of diseases and cancers, etc., etc. So they expect them to die off to about 2050. By that time... They'll have their super city-states instead of countries. And this came out at the, at the, back in the, 1998. I put it up on my website at the archive section from the Department of Defense, which runs Britain's military and for NATO, all NATO countries. And they said the projections for the future uh, that by 2050 there'll be a vast drop in population, even in China, and uh, reduce them down to these super city-states. And the future from then will literally be competing super city-states, no more nations. And they even had some the countries within the U.S. or, or the, the new city-states which would exist. And the rest would be just wasteland, used for resources and so on. That's why they're fracking, fracking where people live right now. The whole point of the Gen of the Gen 21 is to get you all crammed in to pre-existing uh, uh, cities already overcrowded, but it doesn't matter, we'll all die off within 50 years, and, uh, and, and those cities will then be obsolete. Certain cities were picked, including perhaps Texas, they said, to, to, to be a city-state for, for the world, one of the world city-states, and a few other ones in this, within the U.S., 
and other ones across the rest of the, the globe. So, as I say, you're living through a script. It's hard for folk to get their minds through it. They, they can't believe these things could be happening. They still have been, their indoctrination uh, has been so perfect, they can't really believe it's happening. Uh, they still believe politics is real, uh, and so on. And, and they'll always vote themselves to, to the very end rather than do anything about it, which the big boys understand perfectly well. That's why they gave you this thing called democracy. So, you understand, your imprinting, your indoctrination is so perfect from a thousand million sources growing up for your own future and the changes you are going to see in your future. That's how Beria, who was in charge of the NKVD and the old Soviet system in the 1930s, said it at the 1934 Comintern meeting. He said it used to take us a generation, 70 years, that's what a generation was, um, it's a generation to get even a small change through by massive propaganda and promotion. It is now with getting children into kindergarten and, and giving them scientific indoctrination. He said that we can ensure uh, that child will be programmed for all their changes and we can do it as rapidly, do rapid changes every three and four years now. Mm-hmm. So that's how perfectly you understood, you understand. A couple of years ago, I I guess it was back in 2007, 2008, when I first, quote unquote, woke up and I realized all this information, I just couldn't understand how they could get people to love their masters and make and make themselves want to work for these people. And Mm -hmm. you were the one that really drilled it into my head that they do it through this scientific indoctrination and they actually get you to love the servitude and to love yes. worshipping the masters. Yeah, Rockefeller said that himself. Yeah. And they, and it's beautiful. It's brilliant. That is that is what it's all about. We'll get more into that with Alan Watt right on the other side. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are speaking with Alan Watt about the power structure and the controllers. The sinister plan that was written about in the 40s and 50s, and we're starting to see playing out right in front of us now. The control grid, the spy grid, the raping of all of the natural resources of planet Earth, the depopulation, the dumbing down of each and every one of us is all part of the global agenda. Alan, um, let me ask you this. I was listening to one of your talks, and you were discussing how the power structure also plants certain people, rises them up to the top to uh, present the alternative information so they can go ahead and control the alternative information as it's being put out there, giving people a false sense of enlightenment, a false sense of knowing. Can we get into that a bit? Yeah, the, even that system is ancient too. Uh, all, all empires have used these uh, techniques down through the ages. But Lenin came out with it quite openly. He said the best way to, to control all opposition is to lead it ourselves. So you supply the leaders, very simply. And you understand that big corporations have been working on the future, like the Rand Corporation, uh, with all the data they can collect and projecting into the future of what they can see according to their plan, how they're going to get there, how they'll control society, and even get us to work for it along the way. 
and um, and the Rand Corporation did the game theory, of course, on all of us back in the 60s and 70s and 80s. Game theory is very important. And that's why all this information gathering is going on right now on you individually uh, to put you into a personality profile. They actually do play games with virtual yous in the Pentagon. I read the article from the Pentagon years ago where they have a virtual you with all your updated data. They get it every day from your own websites or, or chat or whatever. And they play game scenarios and how you would behave in a particular situation. It's pretty well perfect. So they've got it all down pat. But getting to, to that, they understand that if you're playing a chess game, you want to do so many moves. Uh, if you can imagine general population don't know, know there's even a chess board to begin with, you keep them in the dark. It's not like they think they're just living. Uh, regardless of the style of life they're in at the moment, which can be completely foreign or alien to the grandparents. They don't even know that. Uh, they don't know why it would be different and what, what caused it to be different. So there's a chess game going on all the time to do with the future. And how would you get the public from there to there? Well, uh, they know that if we're going to do this, like, like field marshals do this strategy for war, if we make this move, how will the enemy react to us? Uh, now you're doing it theoretically before anything happens, before the first move is even made. And then you take all the possible counters the enemy could take against you, theoretically again. And then you say, okay, that therefore will we'll help these departments to deal with this before we make any move at all. We'll train the leaders to lead the, the, the grassroots opposition. Who, who will all re- It's a favorite thing for the public to look for. Like the movies keep telling you the one to come along and do it all for you. So they supply the one, you see. So whatever you look at, whatever area you look at, microchips in the brain, wherever, there's a leader already supplied for you to follow. It doesn't make, take any topic you want, there's one out there. And, of course, they get funding. They keep you going in circles forever, but they never get organized opposition to it. In fact, the public tend to sit back as a human thing and let what you think are, are intelligent leaders do it all for you. That's why we're always in the mess we're in <laughs> down through the ages. Because we're social creatures, we're, we're designed to have a tribal leader, basically. It's an instinct, they understand this perfectly well. And um, the problem is today, uh, they're not members of our tribe, you might say. Uh, what is the tribe anymore? And, uh, but we still have these same instincts looking for the one who will do all the right things for us, who has integrity, etc., etc., and says all the right things which you're thinking. And as any, any politician, that's all they have to do is to say what they know you're, you're talking about. They send out all their guys to do the feeler, out the feelers out there, and to, to, to find out what you're chatting about, complaining about, and he comes up and vocalizes it for you. You vote him in, and then he says, well, I can't help you anymore. I have to always vote with the party. So what's the point in voting him in in the first place? So all these tricks are used, but, but leaders have always been supplied. Even in the times of the Peasants' Revolt in Britain and so on, they had their people ready to, to lead the public in circles, and even to do their little dirty deal with the king, so the king would attack the, the army as they went home thinking they're all being appeased. Dirty tricks go on all the time. But that's a standard procedure for governance. Standard stuff. Is that what they did with Edward Snowden? Uh, Edward Snowden, as far as I can tell, what I've seen so far, hasn't disclosed anything new. Right. He simply reaffirmed everything we'd already known from dozens and dozens, maybe hundreds of articles long before that. And even announcements from places like the Pentagon before that, too, so, or the NSA. So there's, there was other whistleblowers before him who didn't get the kind of uh, acclaim he got. 
and and whistleblowers who really got punished and still are getting punished for coming out um, with, with information we hadn't heard for the first time. So um, it's hard to tell in that case. So it's really hard to tell. It's so muddy that that whole area is so muddy with intrigue that you'll, you'll never get to the bottom. But to say, uh, what it does, it's not so much what it tells you, it's the effect of what you're being reaffirmed. It's a reaffirmation of it that simply makes you accept things more and more. Oh, well, that's the way it is. Has anybody stopped using the Internet and thrown away their cell phones? No. Right, right. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of like in 1984 when he, re, when he, when, the guy Winston gets his house broken into by the by the cops. It's almost like he knew this was going to happen. He did it anyway, and then he's brainwashed to think that he's in the wrong, and that Big Brother is always right, and that it mm-hmm. was for his own good. That oh yeah, that they oh, yeah. did this to him. Uh, absolutely, uh, uh, human nature is an amazing thing. Human nature, and all the aspects of it, to do with uh, the controllers themselves and all the helpers they have down below, right down to the henchmen at the bottom. Once you put a uniform, I don't care. It's not even a postman's uniform on somebody. Uh, the behaviour of that person changes. Uh, this has always been understood. In the old days, they'd give him a staff, for instance, or some some emblem of authority, and it goes to their head. Uh, once they've been in it for a while, they truly will start to rationalize their own deeds against the people uh, and say it's for the right, it's for the good of all, it's for the greater good, blah, blah, blah. And that's how all gangs start. In fact, once they become legitimate gangs, uh, they're called philanthropists generally after that. And have foundations, and and uh, and all their helpers will, will quite uh, easily rationalise why they're doing it. We're a, we're an institution necessary to the governance of the people, etc., etc. And any act which they do is for the greater good, even if it's reprehensible or, or it's, it's obnoxious personally. Uh, so, unfortunately, human nature is perfectly well understood on how to do all of this. You get guys, it's an army technique, it's a basic army principle where you take a member of the public and you make him privately owned. That's why you call him a private soldier. He's privately owned now. The old rules don't apply to him. And he is indoctrinated very quickly by simple techniques of abuse and screaming at him and sadomasochistic techniques which make him worship the person with the power who does it to him? A basic psychopathic techniques, in fact. The, the lower psychopath uh, wishes he had that kind of power because uh, he'll then turn his frustrations on the person beneath him uh, where he used to be. And that goes all the way up the tiers in the military, you see. Very simple techniques. But you can use uh, very similar techniques psychologically on the public, even in corporations or within governmental positions, uh, where they all know they're, they're corrupt. I mean, they do know they're corrupt. But they, they, they rationalize it amongst themselves and say, well, what, what's the harm in a little self-benefit when we're doing such good of governance for the people? Where would the people be without us, they always say. Absolutely right. Alan, very fascinating. Hold right there. Quick break. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere. got to do it for the children. How many times have you heard that? What about the children? That's how they get you. It's the appeal to that emotion. 
because even the most liberty-minded person, even the most sovereign out there, does indeed consider the children and think, well, if we have this in our society, if we have point A in our society, well, what about the children? How does it affect the children? But the greater good is how they're selling it to you. Oh, we've got to do this for the greater good. We've got to have the GMOs for the greater good because we can't feed everybody. We have to eliminate vaccine exemptions for the public good. So what if it kills so many kids every year and causes so much brain damage and so many problems for the greater good, for those people that can't speak for themselves, we have to make sure that everybody gets vaccinated. That's the exact same thing that that Hitler told his people back in the 40s. It's for the greater good. You have to kill your child because it's retarded for the greater good. People are forced to do things that they wouldn't otherwise do by their masters telling them it's for the greater good. It's for the public good. It's for it's for everybody to be happy and healthy. You get to be sick. Your child gets to be sick for the greater good. Alan Waters, our guest. Alan, uh, anything you'd like to comment on? Yeah, it, it's uh, again, they're using... Uh basic uh, psychology, instinctive psychology. We, we have uh, instincts built into us, of course, and protecting children is always one of them. Even though we don't show it in today's society, we, we're, most of them go up in smoke in the West rather than get actually born uh, for the greater good again. But um, uh, we're full of hypocrisy. Our basic instincts have been destroyed or distorted or warped or diseased even. Uh, but they're certainly well manipulated by those who are in politics because I was pretend to care for the children. But the whole idea, uh, don't forget that Hitler didn't start uh, killing off the, the children. Uh, the Rockefeller Foundation did it in the U.S. for many years, even Cold Springs Harbor, eugenics, the whole thing. He brought the Farm Association in to see if he could breed a better class of workers for, to serve himself in the Standard Oil Company and all the other companies he owned. And he was only a member. He only ran the West, the, the, the American branch of the Royal Institute for International Affairs, which they called the CFR. They have their members in every country. But, um, yeah, he was into eugenics long before Adolf Hitler came along. And uh, Hitler, of course, took all the blame for it because that's the most widely publicized. But the U.S. was, was still uh, ordering that certain uh, mentally retarded, as they called it, ch uh, children be sterilized, for instance, right up into the 1970s in some of the U.S. states. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, I, I completely forgot about that. They had better baby contests all over the Midwest in those yeah, days. Yeah, they had, they had so the, the perfect award for the perfect American family. And their magazines out every month that came out, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there were books. It was being put into books by the Rockefeller Foundation uh, in science books that you had to sterilize these people. You had to put them in places where they wouldn't disease the rest of the community. They had mm -hmm. to be separate. They had to be completely locked up in these institutions and sterilized so that they didn't spread the disease of, what was it that they called it, uh, imbecility. To the rest yeah, yeah. of society. And you, you, could, you remember too, and that's only one part of the same program because they'd already categorized, because they're always into the future, of course, running, controlling, control the, the past and the present. You must control the future for your same families. 
and and they, they knew there was going to be, be an era of post-industrialization. What would you do with all those people who did not go to college and university and had no interest in going to college and university? Uh, they were also getting to, going to be eventually categorized into the same groupings where you'd sterilize them too. H.G. Wells, a propagandist for the Rawlings Chief for International Affairs in the Fabian Society, he, uh, which is a, a, a only one branch of the Royal Institute for Na- International Affairs, um, as is the Royal Society, by the way. But H.G. Uh, Wells uh, wrote in one of his books uh, on the future, he called it Utopia, a modern utopia. He said, uh, we used to think we'd have to just kill the people who were obsolete and of no use to us for this more modern scientific age. Uh, but he says, now we realize it's more kinder uh, simply to sterilize them and let them die off. So these guys have discussed all of this, including the present day we're living in today. What's to happen to most of us? They don't intend to have the Walmarts going forever and us buying useless temporary junk because it doesn't last long from China. That's only one part of the plan. Their future plan is for themselves to go on into the future. We are the launching we're the launching rockets, the booster rockets to get them up into the into a kind of utopic space, you might say, their future. Uh, and once we're, we're burned out, we've done our job. Uh, Darwin did it better. He, he said that uh, before we can grow the oak tree, you must uh, have uh, the soil aerated. You must get the insects coming in, the bacteria, the fungus, to settle it all and prepare it all. And then the seed is planted. Well, we are the fungus and the bacteria, the lower classes the general population, by the way. And once our job's done, we die off. That's, that's their, this, their idea of evolution. I loved your analogy in one of your cutting through books where you were talking about the, the bees and how our society is basically like a beehive. And you've got mm-hmm. the queen bee, you've got the masters up at the top, and then you've got the drones, which is the priestly, what well, used to be the priestly class, now it's the scientific dictators. Then you have... Mm-hmm. The worker bees, and that's us. And the worker bees yep. literally live off the crap of the queen bee, don't they? Well, what it is uh, is very. I understand the Royal Society, which really decide, decides what we will be told of science for the general population and where the direction of science or the funding goes into the eugenics and all the rest of it. They are part of this big organization. That was their function when they founded it in the first place. And initially in the Royal Society, in the days of uh, uh, Francis Bacon, you had to put your wife away, if you were married, and, and your children, and join it like a monk almost. And that was, that was continuous up until the 19, early 1900s, um, before women could even get into it. But you could not be married. And if you were, you had to put a doubt, uh, your money apart, separate from the wife and the family, and because you were dedicated into this, this brotherhood of Royal Society. Now, the Royal Society's first project uh, that's well publicized, the, the main one that they did, was to set up a glass beehive in the grounds that they have and uh, to study the beehive. And again, it was to, to, to show the perfect society. Now, at the top, you have, see, the queen, the royalty, symbolizing uh, the dominant gene that rules everything uh, uh, from generation to generation. And uh, the queen bee uh, then is looked after by these drones. And um, all the workers down below are only workers because when they're they're eggs, they get fed a a diluted form where where nourishment is taken away uh, from the food that they eat. 
so that they, 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 they become female and become drones. They become drones, workers. That's their only function as workers, to collect the pollen, make the honey, and so on. And, uh, and the, 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 the enriched food goes to the, to the queen, of course, the royal jelly. That's where that comes from. But literally, they tampered with the food. They tampered with the food of the, of all the lower ones, the ones that were designated to be uh, workers. Because everything in this structure, which is an artificial system that we live in, remember, our society that you take for granted is completely artificial a construct. They also dumb us down in a similar way by giving us like a food. Everything is like a something today. It's not the real thing. And the nourishment's gone out of it. They add all of the flavorings to it, artificial flavorings, more chemicals than anything, to make it f- still taste like food. It's just like a food. And folk now believe that is normal food. They're getting sold absolute junk, third, beyond, lower than third-rate junk, in fact, as food today. And that's the new normal. Uh, folk think that's quite natural. But naturally, they're not healthy. And, and, and if, if your body isn't healthy, your brain isn't going to be healthy. And, and you won't work at full capacity. Uh, your body must be working properly to work for your brain to work properly. The slightest uh, cold or flu, see how sluggish your mind becomes when you're being poisoned every day with rubbishy food. It's going to really become sluggish. And I, I know some people who work uh, and with gross obesity, morbid obesity in the States in clinics. And they've done studies uh, on their patients and they have tested the IQ which plummets as these folk put on their weight, it literally plummets way down almost to the retarded level. And uh, they find that when they start taking off, they start to work. Alan, but, Alan, we've, we've got a break hitting us. Everybody on GCN, kiss the one you love right now. You never know when the last time is going to be. We'll see you tomorrow, same time. However, you can head on over to truthfrequencyradio.com where we're going to have another jam-packed hour commercial-free with Alan Watt. That's truthfrequencyradio.com. Special thanks to everybody over at GCN. And uh, once again, kiss the one you love right now. You never know when the last time is going to be. Love you guys. See you tomorrow.